This podcast is brought to you by The Business Habitat, a 12-month development program for expert business leaders looking to escape the hamster wheel and grow their businesses to scale. So here's the question. In our expert professional services businesses, where the rules were written last century and the world keeps changing around us, how do we as experts who have spent years sometimes decades, getting our technical skills to the ultimate level, the proportionally little time learning the ones required to grow our businesses based on our own terms, rewrite these rules for ourselves. I'm Sandine and this podcast, Business Habitat, explores the answers to these questions. Well, hello and welcome everybody to the Business Habitat. I'm Sandine, your host, super excited to have actually fellow podcaster Anjanita Prevost all the way from London today. So it's morning for Anjanita this morning. She tells me that she got up quite early this morning and it's late for me at six o'clock here my time. So doing opposite ends of the thing. And I just love the fact that we can talk across the world. So welcome Anjanita to the Business Habitat. Good morning from London. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, as I said, um, Anjanita is a podcast host of the Billion Dollar Rolodex, founder of Fem 500 Global Feminine Leadership Network, and also the creator of Networking in Stilettos, the number one business networking event for women. And Anjanita, I do understand that you're actually the first black woman to hit these sort of targets and marks, which I think is um, an extraordinary thing we should note as well. Thank you for highlighting that. Yes. Um the first the first woman of color really to put together this type of global network focusing on feminine leadership that's a fantastic mark and I, I think that it you know I did want to acknowledge that because I think it's super important to have these conversations and I also you know one of the reasons why I wanted Anjanetta on here is to discuss two things that I'm particularly passionate about. One is the building of network. And I think you have a, a certain flair to that. And also my other, one of my other favorite topics was, is business models and how you actually monetize network and how you've actually managed to take an extraordinary skill set um, and build your business around that as well. But first, I would love you to, you to kick off with a little bit of how you got here. And I did hear a fascinating story on one of the podcasts that I was listening to that you were on around how you first developed or highlighted your networking skills when you were all the way back at 15. <laughs> I, I love that you you noticed that story. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. So you know, I, I often say, don't let the glitz and glam fool you. I was actually in foster care and um, I went into foster care about 15 years old and um, I lived at the children's shelter and then I was placed in a group home. And, you know, when you're in foster care, you don't get, you know, the, the normal luxuries that teenagers get because you're a, a ward of the state. And I was in California and, um, you know, 15 turning 16. And I realized, okay, even though I'm going into a home, technically I have to take care of myself because 
you know, they, they don't give you a lot of, a lot of money. I should say they don't give the, the foster parents a lot of money to take care of the kids. They just cover the basics. So I knew I would have to work. And I was placed in this home in San Jose, California. Lovely home, lovely home. I still, I still talk to my foster mother to this day. And um, there was a flyer in the mailbox and it was a real estate agent looking for kids to hand out flyers, you know, in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I saw that and I thought, hmm, I wonder if he needs someone to answer the phone. I don't know why I thought of this. Well, I'll tell you, probably because passing out flyers wasn't glamorous, but sitting in an office dressed up was glamorous. Okay, I'm 15. Of course, yes. <laughs> That's how my mind works. So when, when people say, how did you get to, you know, where you're at? Yeah. You know, I've, I've always I've always had this sort of um, mentality. So I responded. Always I, take I the glamorous route. <laughs> I called um, the office and his wife uh, answered and uh, she said, um, she said, yeah, yeah, we um, we're, we're looking for, you know, for kids. And I said, well, you know, do you have any other work, you know, any, any, any office work? And she said, you know what, we could actually use someone on the weekends. Would you be open to coming in every Saturday and Sunday? You'd only work Saturday and Sunday like nine to five, but you have to be here every Saturday and Sunday at nine to five. So, so you're pretty much giving up your weekend. Are you sure about that? Sam, I didn't think twice about it. I said, yes. And I earned minimum wage and I had that job for gosh, all the way to high school. I mean, uh, you know, um, graduating from high school pretty much. And that was the first time I monetized my network. (laughs) I didn't even realize it until like, a couple months ago, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm an OG. Okay. I'm an OG. (laughs) Okay. So for all Australians out here, can you please tell us what an OG is? (laughs) Blame it on the Americans and uh, the rap hip hop industry. No, (laughs) original gangster. Okay. So that's the terminology. When it comes to networking, I'm an OG. You're an OG. That's fantastic. I think what I love about that story is not just that you, it was the skill that you learned there or you really have a networking skill. And given your background and where you came from, it fascinates me how you, what drove you to do that? Do you have any idea, you know, why that happened? Or do you just think you had this internal drive, this internal wisdom that said, just do this and keep going? It's it's an internal drive and because I, I mean, I don't understand it at times because when I think back to my life and all of the hardships and, and, you know, how I overcame like many Mm. obstacles, I'm intrigued, you know, but I think it was out of survival. It was an instinct because I knew I needed to make money. I was in the foster care system, kids in the foster care system end up on the street. And I was afraid I didn't want to end up on the street. And I lived in a shelter. So I saw children that were running away. And uh, unfortunately, some of the kids were were sold into um, you know, human trafficking. I mean, it, it was pretty rough. So 
I think instinctively it was pure survival. And I cultivated the skill over the years and then I learned how to leverage it. I mean, every step of the way I have leveraged that skill. I mean, in my personal life, you know, every every major relationship, (laughs) you know, I've met via networking, all my friendships, it's, it's always networking. And I think it was last year that I, I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to really put this out there because women are missing the mark. They are not leveraging the skill set. And when I saw the study, LinkedIn posted a study and it basically said that women do not have the networks. There was a huge network gap. And I thought, okay, here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, universe. So, so here I am, and I want to help women build social capital to monetize their networks because we talk about the gender equity gap, but it's really addressing the gender network gap. I agree with that totally. You know, coming from a completely polar opposite, you know, somewhat privileged background as well, where we're to we're taught to we're taught networking as opposed to building network which is what you're talking about i agree with you the the gap is phenomenal and also the skills that go with it as well and i think you learnt the skills from life experience and and have found a way and i love that you use the words such as social capital because you know network is an asset and i think so often particularly obviously we work with experts our networks are what I would call gig and they're not deep relationships that you can then, sometimes they're not the deep relationships that you can then advocate and then build. And I, I think that the strength of a good network or as you call it, your Rolodex is to be able to call and particularly if things happen or you change your business or you change actually what you do, if your network's based on what you do as opposed to who you are, then it's only a gig network. And I think what you're sort of saying is building that Rolodex and building those, building the skills that are needed for that. And you hit it right on the thing. First of all, obviously this big skill I'm, I'm hearing you have is the ability to ask <laughs> and then to listen and then to build that, build communication and relationship. And then also the word I'd like to explore that you used, which is one of my favorite words, monetize that and how you actually develop that because I think too like a lot of things people go at network with no strategy and no return on investment so um can you give us your thoughts on that and and how how you see women able to monetize when we are playing from the back foot because the old style of masculine old boys club doesn't work for us and how we can monetize absolutely and and one of the issues with women's networks is because most of the women's networks, and I should probably say all of the women's networks, are based on the traditional male networking model. Yeah. So so there's a very big organization in America, you know, and uh, there's sort of the grandfather of the, the networking, you know, industry. And so a lot of the women's groups are designed to emulate that business model. And what happens is when women network it's very awkward because they are networking like men. They, they're in their mm. masculine. It's very forced. Mm. It's, it's, it's not aligned. And that's why we're not able to leverage it. So for me, leading a feminine leadership network, it's about 
being a woman, being who you are and leveraging, you know, your soft skills. And when you, when you put your soft skills out there and a very feminine way and you own who you are, it's going to allow you to monetize your network because you're not coming from this sort of scarcity, competitive, hard nose, I have to get a client today or else attitude, which, you know, deflects people. You know, it, it doesn't magnetize yes. people. So for me, it is about having a strategy, but the strategy is really coming from a place of being in your feminine and, and just owning who you are and engaging with the other person. And I, I say this often because listening is one of the most underrated skill sets in business. People don't listen and they, they miss so many opportunities. So when I, when I responded to the ad, I had an idea. It was just an idea. I picked up the phone. That was my, probably my first money-making conversation in my life. Yep. And then I asked questions. You know, I listened. You know, she, she shared, you know, what she wanted. And then I responded and I, I, I was interested, but it was a real conversation. I didn't pick up the phone and go, I need a job. I, I, I want to, I want to work in an office next weekend, which is what women do when they go to networking groups. I need a sale. Yeah. I need a client. You want to buy, you need my, my you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And, and that's why there is a network gap. That's why women spend money on organizations and, and they look at their, you know, their, their, their sort of P and L at the end of the year and they go, well, what did I gain? From being in this organization, yes, I have new friends, but have we cultivated relationships and are we really leveraging each other's networks? Because I believe in three degrees of separation. I know there's there's such a thing as six degrees, but I believe in three degrees of separations. What that means is I, I bet, Sam, that I know someone that knows someone that's a great client for you. By default. Oh, absolutely. By yes. default. By default. Mm. So, so, so why not leverage once you build that rapport, why not leverage that relationship? But, but people forget, they go, okay, you know what? You're not going to buy from me on to the next. They put expiration dates on people and they miss opportunities. Can't put expiration dates on people. Just can't do it. Yeah. I'm going to use a, use a, uh, keep preaching girlfriend. (laughs) Did I sound American when I said that? That was my attempt at American (laughs) because you just nailed it. Like um, we have whole programs on um, how to train experts to do exactly what you're just saying, you know, of of both sexes too, is it, it, the ability to sit down and listen. And you know, what shits me to tears is that the feminine and the soft, and I know that everyone calls it soft skills and, and whatever, but these skills are so are the hardest skills, I think, to learn and to use yes. and to leverage, but they're the most important. So just because they're feminine does not mean that they're any less impactful than the masculine and they all should be used together. And I think that there's, you know, 6,000 years of saying the feminine is the soft way to go 
And as someone who probably went way too far on her masculine side and has had to come back, the hardest things I've had to learn are the re-engaging those feminine skills of listening. People want to be heard and listening is the best skill. You know, I would think you said it was one of the things. I think it's the biggest skill lacking in business and in network. And you just nailed it with the when you're at building network is your clients never come directly from the people that you meet. It's people's networks. And then you've got to get to know people and advocate them. That's how the universe works. That's the universal law. <laughs> what goes around comes around. And this is, you know, what you're thinking. And two, the, the patience of that and the consistency of that. And you, you use the word glamorous and you're an exceptionally glamorous person. But I know that consistency is a big part of your toolbox as well. And it's, that's how you get through life is to be very consistent and vigilant in that. And it's not, it should be sexy, but it's not, is it? <laughs> I say consistency is not sexy until you get results. <laughs> then it's sexy can I say it again yeah keep preaching on that one and it's so true and honestly consistency is something that isn't natural for me and and I definitely know that the the more those small steps you do every day are what is so powerful they're the things that bring results the one stuns the big shiny things they don't and they never do it's the big the small consistent steps that work through and, and building a network is the same same as that so it's just and it's so refreshing to hear it you know from a network thing and to move around away from that networking and I I also enjoyed the way I love the way you frame that because there is that whole get the sale get the sale and and I feel that when I go to networking events and I just want to meet and build rich relationships but you also need to be in crowds that are the right people too. So how do you go about when you're, I know, just talk to us about in stilettos, um, the, the networking in stilettos, sorry, as an event, how do you go around creating the room and actually getting the varying degrees of different people? Because I, I think the, the networks I've been involved with, it's the variety, I think, that makes the strongest ones. How do you create that? Well, networking and stilettos actually started on LinkedIn, and um, I have to give LinkedIn credit for networking and stilettos because LinkedIn has actually helped us, you know, create a a community filled with a variety of women. And um, when I host the event, I it's it's not a typical networking event. I, I I I warn everyone, it's not a typical networking event. Um, please leave all of those, you know, what, whatever you thought networking is, was, leave it at the door. Um, because I created a framework and I give everyone an opportunity to go through the steps with me in the room and then I invite them all to network. So one of the keys is to nail the million dollar introduction. So, so take that sale elevator pitch and turn it into a million dollar introduction. So that's key. The second part is to understand what type of social capital you need to build. So, so looking at your goals, you know, whatever, whatever you want to achieve, what types of people and, and, and understanding social capital. So I take them through that and then money-making conversations. Who are you going to continue 
to connect with after the event and build a rapport. And so because I give them a framework and give them an opportunity to network, they actually walk away. I like to say transformed, but many women have, have said more than that because they, they felt that they truly under, like they understand networking now for the first time. Like they, they thought, wow, I, I didn't, I, I've never networked like this before. So that's why the event is so successful. And, you know, we've, we've hosted events for the last year. So, so we're, we're about over 2000 women. We posted over 2000 women and, um, you know, it's, it's just the framework and, I call it the principles of feminine networking because it's it's designed to keep you in your feminine and to take away that competitive, you know, sort of edge. And also, you know, you know, you work with experts. You are the expert of the experts, expert for the experts. Uh, so owning your expertise, you know, I think I think women don't do that enough. And so I give them permission to own their expertise. And I egg them on. It's a term that I use. I egg them on and say, look, you have to own it. And it's not bragging if you can back it up. You know what someone told me, Sam? Someone said, you always say you're the best. You always say that. And I said, yes, it's true. I am the best in the world at this. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's not, I I mean, I'll, 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 I'll stand next to any, you know, leader of a networking organization and and I will say that with confidence, I am the best in the world at this because there is a, there's an issue with the way women network and I am showing women a solution. No one in the world is providing this solution. So yes, I am the best in the world. There is a problem. I'm bringing forth a solution. Yes, I'm the best. And exactly. And as someone who has hopped on planes to go to different network events and stuff. It is. And what I love about it is the solution. You actually saw a problem and you solved it rather than just bitching about it. And that does make you the best. I think too, we've got to own that. And that's something I've struggled with for sure is to be able to stand up and say, I'm, I'm the best at what I do. And I am the best at what I do because I have the lived experience of it. And, you know, we all do it in a unique way. And that's what and you said it too, is that as women, we need to stand up and own our expertise and not just if we're accountant, lawyer or whatever that is, but we are the best at what we do each individually because we have our own lived experience that we bring to it and we bring that flair as well. And it took me a long time to do it. And I'm just so pleased that somebody has actually come out and shown us how we can build network in a different way, in our way, and I love that you give it a framework and a purpose and also the results. And we, we only want to work with the best. And as, as experts, we should only surround ourselves by that. So, And I just think it's so important to um, for everyone to be listening to do this, particularly all the Australians out there as well, because as I was explaining to Anjanita in the in inverted commas green room before now, Australians have an interesting thing on the tall poppy as well. But I can tell you it it is sexy to um, attract and surround yourselves with people who are acknowledged and acknowledge themselves as the best. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And, and that's what I do. I, I surround myself with, with people who are the best at what they do. 
And, and I, yeah. I love it. I love it. And that's the point, you know, it, it, it's to remove ourselves from that sort of competitive mindset, you know, because that causes us to fall into, you know, lack of confidence and low self-esteem and, and diminishment. I mean, that it's, it's, it's counterproductive really when, when you're in that competitive, which is, you know, what women do when they network, they go into that competitive and, and it's, it's a train wreck. And two, we are, you know, we are in a world of abundance with that. And as, and I just want to reiterate that point there for everybody, just in case we weren't clear, everyone is in the best, everyone's in a category of one. And it's just a matter of finding the skills and everything to match your expertise with your lived experience and take that to the world because the world needs it. And, and you will be at the best at, at what you do. And, and these are the people that we're trying to attract who want to be that. And it is daunting at first. I, w- I would like to add something to that because yes, you said category of one. One of the reasons that women struggle and, and they're not as confident, you know, there's, there's tons of studies and, and data around this is because often, often we're trying to be someone we're not. Mm. And when we're, we're, we're trying to be someone we're not, we're not going to be confident. And I think, especially online, there's, there's a lot of copycat business models, you know, where, where people are told, just do what I do. Copy me. Yes. You know? And that's, Cookie cutters. Yeah, it's it's not it's not working. And it's it's not helping our gender. So I love that you highlighted that because that's all that I've done. I've just taken my God given skills, talents, and cultivated them, leveraged them, and turned it into a business. That's all I've done. You know. And so if, if I, I, I was in the entertainment business and yeah. when I was in the entertainment business, I was, you know, a body double, I was a dancer, I was an actress and, you know, and, and I was a singer. Okay. So I don't have the best, you know, like singing voice. I'm, I, I'm okay. But here's mm-hmm. what happened when I was in Los Angeles in the entertainment business, people wanted me to audition for every girl group. Okay. So I would go out to audition and I wasn't like a, a, a singer, like that's not my natural ability, right? So I wasn't as confident. And I'd walk into mm. the room. I was a dancer. I could dance, but they wanted me to sound like Beyonce. And I don't sound like Beyonce. <laughs> or Whitney Houston, okay? Like, like that's what they wanted. And I was so self-conscious. It was horrible. It was horrible. Because that that wasn't my thing, you know? And I think that that's what happens to a lot of women. You step into areas that that they're they're just not your your area of expertise, and then you struggle because you're trying to sort of you know go against the current, and it's not working. But when you tap into your zone of genius, if 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 you want to call it that, yeah. something magical happens. And then you become a category of one. And then people look at you and go, okay, you know what? I get what you're doing. They're ma- it magnetizes people. And we all have that. But we're not going to cultivate it if we're, if we're not leveraging what, what is inside already 
and and we're constantly trying to be someone we're not. Uh, I'm going to say the American term again and and keep preaching, sister, on that one because <laughs> I have lived that. Like literally, I was in you know making lots of money, um, partner in a massive firm ticking all the boxes and I was completely out of alignment with myself. I'm so passionate about that, that our initial, you know, how we start working with everyone is around aligned leader and lining that up because without that, you're always going to be battling. You're always going to be fatigued. You're always going to be pushing shit uphill, as we say here. And it is what fatigued me and and what burnt me out and and you know really put me quite on the ground not once but twice you know it takes me a while to learn things and you know I was alcoholic and doing all that stuff and certainly that was not my natural self and I woke up one day and went this this is not it and it's taken a lot of work but that that exactly what you're saying then is you have to find where that is and once you do that your energy comes and people get magnetized. I like that magnetized to you, you know, six or seven years ago, I would have said that's a whole lot of, I would just say it bullshit, but, um, (laughs) but it's so fucking true. It is true because without that, you can't, you can't then lead. And you, when you do go to networks, you are constantly against it, as you said, and like you with your singing and me with trying to push into the accounting industry, into things, you know, we know that. And it's a hard, it's a hard call, but I think that the world's starting to open up for that and and you can be your category of one. And it's a really scary thing to do, but if if you fear it, then that's exactly the path you should be heading down. Exactly. 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 (laughs) Unfortunately, I wish there was an easier way, but there's not. (laughs) No, no, no. But it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. That's fantastic. So, oh my goodness, we have covered quite a lot in a mere half an hour. And I think just circling back on that, I would like to say, yeah, definitely that category of one. And definitely when Jenta was talking then about the feminine and stuff like that, we have got to start stop our mindsets on saying that that's a soft approach. And, and that I think, you know, there's a whole lot of decisions that are made Feminine and masculine energy are yin and yang, and they're just as hard and as soft as each other. And we should also stop using the word soft, but I'm not really sure how we actually, you know, re re find that. They're very hard skills and they have to be, you have to learn to listen and you have to learn to firstly listen to yourself on that as well. I just wanted to reiterate that both in very important points. So how I usually end this off is to ask you for your three tips. If somebody's looking at taking their skill set, you know, into a business or looking at starting to develop their network, what would you give up over your learned experience? One, two, three tips of what someone can take forward. I would say hone your communication skills. You know, um, Warren Buffett, you know, he has a, he has a, a quote. If you want to increase your net worth by 50%, hone your communication skills. I think um, communication is underrated, especially in um, the social media era, because we're so focused on, and, and again, we're taught to post content, work on our messaging, but there's a huge gap with communication. And communication fuels everything. Communication fuels Obviously, networking, that's one of the reasons why networking doesn't work. It's because people aren't communicating. 
it's one of the reasons why selling, you know, people, you know, if you're struggling with sales, it comes down to communicating your value, you know? So I think communication is, you know, it's up there with, with listening, you know, communication and listening, you know, okay, you're, you're going to make money, you know, like, like those two skill sets will carry you very far. So, so I'm, I'm a stickler for communication because I think too many people jump on the content bandwagon and they have, they have no clue how to communicate. And, and what I mean when I say communicate, leveraging all communication channels, being able to communicate on a human to human level, yes, not, not via an algorithm or a bot. There, there's a huge difference, you know, cause you know, people think, oh, I'm just going to send out a message, you know, and that's communication. No, that's not communication on a human to human level. Yeah, that is so important because, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's where the unique selling proposition is going to be is we are missing human connection. So if you can learn that skill, you will win, absolutely win, because people are, people are craving that. We're human after all. And the bots and the this and the that just drive me – they drive me to drink actually because um, – and I'm, I am a recovered alcoholic, so I can't have that happening. So <laughs> – it's true. It's no drinks. No drinks. Okay. Well, I could have soda water, but doesn't it amaze you that humans have lost the skill of human communication? I'm not surprised because we're in the social media era, and um, you know, I, I don't think it exists. I, you know, I, I say, you know, Mister Mister Z, I don't think he included how yeah. to social network in his manual. I don't think there's anywhere in the manual that says. <laughs> How to social network? So we, we weren't even taught how to how to how to social network. That is true. <laughs> my kids always get me in trouble because my mum, your posts are too long, and I'm saying, well, I'm trying to tell a story. Okay, you can't do that in eight characters or less. Yeah, like, come that, on, that, that, you know, I I won't name names, but but that's the, the problem, and that's why communication, yeah, is is sort of a it, it's on the back burner. And, and a lot of marketers, they don't focus on that. They, they just focus on, okay, algorithms, bots, content, push content, push content, push content. And then we wonder why we're in this position because we lack the communication skills. We are connected, but we are not connecting. I mean, that's a fact, you know, with all this technology, we're yeah. all connected, but we're not connecting. And I think that the numbers, you know, being a numbers geek, the numbers are telling us what that's resulting in, like the levels of suicide, depression, all of that stuff. None, All of those numbers were way up even pre-COVID. I think one thing COVID has taught us a little bit, well, I've certainly experienced, is the ability to use technology to communicate and get deeper relationships with people all around the world, but the skills the same. Just because we are on on Zoom, the communication and the connection piece is still the same skills that you need, even probably even more honed than what before when we're actually going to get face to face. But it's such an important thing. And as a person who had to learn how to sell, what surprised me is what how good I am was at it, am at it, because I'm very passionate about what I do, and also. As you said, I just love connecting with people. 
And that's probably a skill that I, I have that is natural as with you. So communication, number one. Number two. Yes. Number two, I would say master conversations. You know, I, I talked about this earlier, money-making conversations. You know, people aren't having intelligent conversations. You know, they are going in with one objective. I just want to sell. And they're missing opportunities because they're not in conversation. You know, we had one conversation and we've already talked about a potential JV. One conversation. You see? And I think that in this era where, you know, there's all this mindless chit chat going on, we, we need to cultivate those money-making conversations. That's how we're going to monetize our network. That's what I did at 15. That was a money-making conversation. I wanted to make money. Mm-hmm. I, I asked, you know, the question. She told me what she wanted. I agreed, you know landed an opportunity. I I had a job for two years, two years. I had a job every Saturday and Sunday. I gave up my Saturday and Sunday, but that changed my life because that gave me confidence. That also showed me how to go into interviews. Like I would nail interviews and I wasn't even qualified for the job, but I would nail the interview, you know? So I think it's conversation uh, number two. And number three, I'm going to say ask, you know, start asking for what you want and cultivate the asking muscle because women don't ask. They don't ask enough. They don't ask the right people. They don't ask consistently and they don't ask at the right time. Asking is a skill that you really need to cultivate. And the only way you're going to do that is exercise your asking muscle. So start asking. So that you're comfortable and confident in conversations when you spot an opportunity, you know, you're able to ask the right question or you're able to ask at the right time, you know, especially in a sales conversation. One of the mistakes people make in a sales conversation is they don't ask at the right time. The sale is premature. Oh, yeah. Good point. And when when we work with experts, they don't ask at all. So, you know, you've got to actually ask for the sale at some point um, as well and not just send out an email. Yep, yep. You know, three of my favorite things are communication, conversation and and the ask because as my uncle once said years ago, if you don't ask me, I I can't know that you want something. So (laughs) it's illogical that women are actually taught not to ask for things. So such an important thing. Well, Eugenia, I just feel that we've learned so much and and covered such a broad topics today. I'm super privileged to be involved in this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. And to everybody out there, as always, please be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. We work super hard on bridging the gap between our expertise and our CEO skills to create more money and time in your everyday to create change. If this sounds like something that you would like to have a further conversation with, jump on blueprinthq.com.au and book a free consultation so we can continue the conversation. As always, be brave.